welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I need to take and, uh, take a person and uh, quickly block them. Good afternoon, or good night, I should say. Uh, good evening. Welcome to episode 149 of <laughs> More Than Dice. Um <laughs> for people that don't know we just got hit by a, a spammer trying to come in wanting to make us famous by buying us followers why are they viewers. still here in the chat they should not why be. have they not been banned or, or I I blocked them. I banned them I'll block them too I'm John <laughs> hi I'm Kathy welcome oh hold on there we go <laughs> This brought to you are totally famous. I've heard of you, anyways. Okay. They're blocked and banned. So, welcome to episode uh, 149. Oh, 149. Did I miss something? Uh, so, we uh, just a bot spammer. Oh. Uh, we got still... that taken care of. Oh, I see it. So, uh, today we're going to talk about a quote that John uh, sent us that uh, actually kind of hit home for me a bit, um, a little bit uh, this week, being that my I need to start working on some stuff for my convention, um, and it, it got my head rolling a little bit, and I figured we could talk about that. Um, and I'm going to try to get some more flames done on the Flamacea, like I haven't been doing that the last three streams. Um, but before we do that, uh, John, what are you drinking today? Uh, I have a Moscow mule. Wow. Kathy? I'm having uh, rum and coke. I... Only I'm having more coke, than rum? I think, than rum right now. <laughs> I mean, you should have more coke than rum in your rum and coke. The other way is not advised. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, but there's uh. there's... There's less than usual. We'll, just, we'll say it that way. I am having some good old Maker's Mark. So, working on <laughs> Scotty is also having a Moscow meal, even right at this moment. Well, all I have for alcohol is vodka, so make what I can. Should not go out and get more. Probably should have. Not sure when I'm going to have a chance to. Maybe next weekend. Um, John, do we have any shout-outs this uh, week? Um, honestly, I, I don't fucking know. I had not had time to keep an eye on that. Died and I did. My brain has been in a million places, so I don't, I don't remember, sadly. Uh, Squiggy, David Lander, the actor that plays Squiggy yes. in Laverne and Shirley. Oh. Yeah, he did I was like, wow, I mean, I haven't heard that name in forever. I mean, his character was pretty iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah, type thing. I mean, he he Lenny was known for Squiggy for the rest of his life, type thing. Um, and he passed away just. John Prowse was last week. Yeah. Yeah, David, David Prowse was last week. Yep. Oh, thank you. Um, but the character that he played was pretty amazing. I don't know much about him. I mean, he didn't, but I mean, he was seventy three. So, um, let's see. I don't think I know of anything. Else is going on, um, guys. Be careful out there. Be safe. 
Wear a mask. Um, don't go out unless you have to. Be extra, extra cautious when you do. Um, look out for each other. It's going to be, um, we got the holiday, the winter holidays coming up, and Jesus, sometimes it's uh, not a good time for people. But if you're having issues and need to talk, all of us are always here. You can find us all on Facebook. You can always check out Kathy every Tuesday through Friday to chat. Uh, Four days on, a week. Yep. My door is open. Um, on Twitch. Um, <clears throat> if you're, you play any PlayStation multiplayer games, you can hit me up. I'll play some games with you. Uh, do whatever. Let's look after each other this year. Make sure we uh, cover each other's butt. Rub each other's head. <laughs> Maybe not the other way around. <laughs> or I mean, maybe the other way around. Depending whatever works, really. Yeah, Guys, whatever you want. <laughs> um, we really appreciate y'all being here, listening. It really means a lot to us. Um, cheers. 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 Hey, Fresh Rama. Yes, this is the new setup. Very festive, huh? Notice my. White Sox pennant, Chicago White Sox, right, on, 2005. On. There we go. World Series champion. Fan. <laughs> so I did get those three minis primed, and I did get um, two of them printed, by the way. And here is the Yakmuk. Let's see if I can try to show this. I bet you it's going to be. Totally auto focused. No, it was looking good. Okay, um, I really like the way this guy turned out. He turned out really well. I had did have a small print issue right underneath this left arm or right arm, or no, what is it? Yeah, here this elbow. Uh, this elbow had a slight misprint, but it wasn't bad enough that I needed to reprint the whole model. Um, but he turned out ah. really well. Um, it's just a little flat, no big deal. I like these little wing things he's got on his back. They turned out really, really cool. I don't know what they're supposed to be, but they look really neat. Um, Trump is back in his shoulder pad, or no, it's just a wing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So, but um, turned out really, really cool. Really, really nice. I mean, this could be a Minotaur in any type of form, no matter what. Is that arch villain? Is that one? Yeah, this is or the arch villain. Okay. Yeah, this is the arch villain one. Um, but this turned yeah, out really sweet. I like this one a lot. Um, and then. Um, I did prime the elithid that I printed a while back. Um, really tall model. And this looks really sweet. I can't wait to. I'm gonna do a like a metal dry brush all over this stuff right here, and then wash it, and then highlight it up with some like chromy type metal. That really is such silver. a fun model. Yeah, this one's and really cool. And it's big too. Yeah, well, I I actually supersized this one too. Uh, by I think I increased it by like forty percent. I think is what it was. So I mean, but it turned out really good. Um, really, really neat. This one's gonna be probably pretty sweet to paint too. Uh, and then I couldn't supersize the monk, by the way, or I would have made him a little bit bigger. But he's pretty solid. Uh, where'd he go? And then I got the Swarmy painted or primed up too. Um, he needs a really cool model. Um, I'm going to try to figure out a way to tack him down a bit better. 
because he's always, all he's got is just one small. You're so cool. Yeah. Well, you could just pin him to something. Yeah, but I mean, I primed him up and everything, so it was. And he's just really cool, because like. This, because there's two parts to him that he's hovering on, this tree branch and then the cl or the. What are you gonna call it? Part of his robes or cloak or whatever. Oh, uh, sash or, or sash. something. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. I'd just drill a hole him. in the bottom and pin it to, a, I don't know, a piece of wood or something temporarily. Yeah, well, I'm going to build a, the, put a base about roughly the size of the top of this um, for him because he'll look really cool on that. Do like a, a desert type theme. But he looks really sweet. I've got too many models to paint. They're really cool looking, but that's just kind of how it is, isn't it? So, get back on swing and see ya. So I've got to fix a few things. Got to fix the yellow red here because we got to help with the OSL on that. And then start getting the red on the flame tips because that's just what we've got to do. So I'm going to work on that while we talk about our subject. Tasty. I like Hinton's fun fact. The last hole on the belt is referred to as the Yule hole because you have to loosen your belt that far from all the holiday eating. <laughs> <laughs> and my comment about Yule and lighting things on fire was keep yourself warm and your enemies warmer. Look, I mean, build a man on fire, he's, he's, he's warm for a while. Set a man on fire, he's warm for the rest of his life. Yes. Exactly. I see we are on the same wavelength. I mean, but plan B is always to set it on fire. That I thought nuke it from orbit. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That's not always in the plan. Like, nuke it from orbit is not always a, It's so impersonal. <laughs> Setting shit up on fire is always a potential answer to any problem you have. That is very true. I, myself, was tempted to set some things on fire this weekend as I was moving things around. Everyone's it's like, like why like, do I even still have this? Can I not just set it on fire? <laughs> yeah, everyone's wondering why is it plan B? Like, because it's always there. Plan A is the one that you hope will work. Plan B is always set on fire. You don't go from A to B. You have this whole letter spectrum, and you jump around as you need to. Where, where, do, it's where not does like it's, Nuke it from orbit fit in there? Where's that letter? Well, it depends. That, that might not be a viable option because, I mean, if we're talking about stuff that's happening on Earth, I live here. Nuking stuff is a bad idea. <laughs> Only if we can actually right, escape would that be a good idea. Yeah. So, I mean, you can put it in there. I mean, heck, there's a lot of things that can be plan C. Doesn't mean you got to go directly to that. Just make sure you have a plan D also, just in case you got to skip from A <laughs> to D. Because sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes success. Hinton is asking, is that the philosophy of to kill a person with a match, everything looks like kindling? Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, kind of. Anything is flammable if you try hard enough. Yeah, someone once told me the concrete wouldn't burn, and I'm like, I don't know, my consigliere of setting shit on fire says that's not true. And Legionnaires suggests fortune cookies that have weird fortunes sound better if you add until you set it on fire. And I actually like that better than uh, in, bed. in bed. Yeah. I like that until you set it on fire. Yeah. I, I, I wish I had a fortune handy here to read and, and just tag that on. 
And like you'll travel the world until you set it on fire. fire. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's a classic. Hey, Bill Robertson. Light a fire for a man, keep him warm for an evening, light him on fire. Yeah, John already yep. mentioned that that fantastic old uh, adage. Hey, plan B is plan B. You will have fun in bed till you set it on fire. Yeah, that's legit. <laughs> so, John, give us your quote that you sent us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, it's funny how I came about this quote, but since I'm working from home, I had to find a notepad to write notes on, and uh, it was on a sticky note on the front page of this notepad. So it's probably from years ago, because uh, Will Wheaton has not been very public the last, I think, two years or so. Like, he said something, he said something that got misconstrued a certain way or something like that, so he's just like, you know what, just eject, which is a good idea. Sometimes you just need to eject. Don't stay in social media if it starts getting retardo or silly or anything like that. Just just eject. So the quote I have listed here is, you should never sacrifice the joy of playing in pursuit of victory. And I shared it with uh, Kathy and Gonzo immediately because it, it really spoke to me as uh, something I feel like it's lost in many, many, many games. Well, when I saw that, I understood it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Being that I am running a game convention and I am about to put up the, you know, invitational stuff for Uh things, I was, it it just kind of hit me. And one of the things I haven't told anybody yet, so this is new for Warfare Weekend, I will spoil it here. Uh, We're not doing an invitational uh, thing for Warcaster. I spoke with Privateer Press about this and uh, told them that, you know, I think your game, I think Warcaster doesn't need it to be the way they have their tournaments set up, the way, you know, the game is played. It doesn't feel like it wants or needs that type of competitiveness is the best way to put it. Okay. Um, Now, it doesn't mean that we can't have, you know, we're not going to have a, uh, you know, a tournament at the convention. Just we're not going to have the invitational where people have to qualify to get in type thing. It's just going to be, you want to be in the you tournament? Wanna, you're yeah. in. Yeah, you're in. Um, and, I, and I think the game really, really, really sits for that too. Um, the way it's played, the way the tournament packet is done, the way the game feels, to me it just doesn't, it, it doesn't have the same atmosphere and the same thing as that. And so that was just something that, and then it kept me thinking about the old, your quote, because I went to do some washing of yellow. Um, we all like to play games and we mm-hmm. all like to win. There is no doubt about that. But the quote really hit me because I was like, I'm going to be playing some games with some people pretty soon that are brand new to gaming or that are, you know, just now trying things out. And I was like, is it worth it to go for the win if it's going to sacrifice their playtime and my playtime? Um, yeah, I mean... It, it depends. Fun. Depends on, you know, if I'm in a tournament, that's a whole different story. No, actually, I think the tournament is actually the... That's the point where we need it the most. Well, Now, that's not to say different people don't get joy from 
different parts of it. So if your joy is only winning, then you're being consistent to yourself. It's like honor. Honor is internal. People can tell you what's honorable, what's not. That's bullshit. Honor is internal. You have your own code. You live by your code. You know, it's like that. If you're having fun winning, and that's what you enjoy. Like, I literally like winning the game, you know? You're not, like, salty or anything when you lost, but that's the goal I go for. That's that's fine. That's absolutely true. That is your joy. Yeah, we've talked about many times. You can win and not be a dick. Absolutely. You you can be focused on winning. That'd be the biggest thing. And absolutely enjoy the play up to there. In fact, those guys tend to, I, I think most of you got them, you know, outside of a, a you know, standard thing, you got to talk to them. They would actually like the competitiveness of the game. They like the good game, not just the win, the game that's like challenging them and everything. That's, that's, that brings them joy. That's their joy in it. But, you know, if that's, you don't want to have to play something or in some way that you, you don't enjoy. If you do that just to win, then you've sort of missed the entire point. Yeah, because, I mean, there's times I've gone to a tournament and seen someone cheat to win. And I'm like, really, is it that important to you? Is is, is the game that really that important? And I'm not talking about accidental cheating where, you know, you a stat got called wrong or, you know, Those whatever. are called mistakes. We make a, dis, you know, a distinction between the two because and, and we should continue to keep that distinction clear when if you make a mistake that's not cheating that is a mistake yeah you know it may not be rectifiable maybe any other rules wrong it is it's not cheating and, and intention plays a large portion in that yeah I mean I'm talking about moving dice or flubbing dice because uh, one of the things like in 40k, you're rolling so many people pick up, you know, quick dice and, you know. Well, here's a hint for that. Don't pick up hits, pick up misses. misses. Yeah, Leave that, the hit on the table. That, that's what I've always done. But Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, also your, your buddy can check. Like, yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I that's weird. I've never hits. seen people pick up hits. Always uh, they uh, pick up hits. Oh, yeah. In fact, they'll up... just slide the misses to one side. Yeah. I've seen people accidentally pick up from a dice to hit when they're picking up misses. I'm like, no, dude, you picked up one that was a hit. Yeah. That's we're both here for that. I mean, I don't want them to lose out on something because they are trying to go quick. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a very telling quote. I mean, and it's applicable for like anything, any sort of game. So, story time. There's an old Star Wars uh, fighting game called Masters of Terrascoth. Oh man, that was their fighting game that came out. I remember that. And I played the crap out of it. Um, and I found quickly when I got Chewbacca that when I played Chewbacca that I just won every match because he has a giant Wookiee leg and his fucking leg sweep type move had like better reach than most people's other moves. So I won the entire game just with one move. Leg sweep. Was it fun? No. And that's sort of a thing. Like, you know, it, it wasn't fun. I would rather play it, play it. But you know, you're young and dumb. You just want to see this cutscene as a fan. <laughs> but it was definitely like one of those things where you like you, you gave up the, the joy of playing. I give up the joy of playing to just get a victory. And I've seen people do that all the time when, when in games like that. They find one thing and it's just not fun. It's just repeat, repeat, repeat. The guys who are like, autopilot girl game like dude you're, you're not having fun why are you playing it 
Here's a tree with the Cobra Kai. Yes. Sweep the leg. <laughs> and on that, Arthur says, that's a problem with some of the GW faction dice. They're harder to read. And as they're different, and they take longer to register where the result is. When stressed on time in a game, you're going to just hope your opponent's honest. Well, they should keep doing the same way. If you guys agree, that's part of the social contract. Hey, guys, let's pick up our misses, leave our hits so that your opponent can double check. That's I hate like those really. dice. Like, fucking dice. Come on, guys. Just a rant. Like, get dice that are readable. And use the same kind. Like, if you've got multiple types of dice, as long as they all have something on the one or all have something on the six, don't have some of something on the one, some of something on the six, and you got to fucking figure it out now. Fuck that. That was bullshit. Oh, you could buy those dice, by the way. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> Jesus, Gonzo, tell me more how I can buy those dice. You could buy those dice on uh, going to uh, Metalhead Minis and buying the More Than Dice dice or the Warfare Weekend dice that has something on those six. I mean, like, more Than Dice dice? dice. I think we're almost out of our I More like Than those Dice. dice. I'm sure I have more in here, too. But, uh, I've got lots of Dice dice, baby. Oh, there's more. More dice. I got them just in time to not play games so i don't oh, I know <laughs> get to use them so they're still in baggies in my drawer of random stuff yeah there's dice that i've got for a new D dice uh that friends gave me that i'm not using because when i play online i am playing in discord and or i'm playing somewhere else where there's a dice rolling bot or like you know roll 20 or fantasy grounds or uh What's the other one? It also starts with an F. Anyways, so they have their own dice rolling, you know, thing that they do. And so I'm not using my actual dice. Well, it's so, like the RPG we've been playing. I've been using the roller that's on um, D&D Beyond and such. So. I'll be honest. I would probably set it up so that I had my... Uh, Hobby cam pointed at my dice tray, and I would roll live if I was really going to play one for a while because I don't like bot dice. That's part of the fun. I think that's part of my disconnect with online role playing. You're not rolling dice dice. It's just like, eh. No, in Shadowrun game, we we have the choice. We can either use the bot or we can use our dice. Awesome. He doesn't really care. So, I actually have been rolling d6s. Yeah, I've been I've been using the dice roller on D&D Beyond because it calculates everything for me so I don't forget it. But that's a, other than that, not a big deal. It's more of a... Sounds like your weakness. <laughs> it's more Once of you pass, a... So you had a tough time. Yeah. I just don't... I don't know. So uh, Hinton says back to the main topic. So that's why I got out of Magic as a gathering back in 98. I played competitively only and didn't play for fun anymore. <laughs> Winning was all I cared about. Yes, yeah, I mean... You can do that if you want, and some people, that's what they want, but it's not, if it's not fun, what are we doing, you know? It's like uh, someone uh, will go to online, I'm playing uh, MechWare Online, everyone's like, why aren't you, one of our guys, who's our top tier guy, let's say, is like, oh, you're playing that, why aren't you playing this build? I'm like, because that build's boring, I don't want to play that build. <laughs> it's like, but it's the best build, I don't care, I want to play this, I enjoy this. And, you know... So he doesn't understand necessarily, but a lot of those guys, those those top tier guys, are like, oh, okay, you you understand it is not the best build. You choose to play this because it is different. It's what you want to play. That's cool. 
they're cool with that. They're like, sure, do your thing. As long as you're performing, you know, and you're doing something, as long something, as you not understand your performance is, is in a ratio with that, sure. You know, do I do as well as the other version does? Maybe not. Do I care? Not in the slightest. Hey, Jenny Joyo. Jenny Joyo. Hi. And yeah, right there. I like the feel of dice in my hand when playing. I think it's better to keep the dice public if I'm on stream so chat can see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would, like I said, I would totally have it set up like in my camera into my dice tray and just roll dice in there. That's super cool. FOTM. What is FOTM? I have no idea. For those of us that don't speak in letters, I don't what know. What that is? I have no idea. Flavor of the month. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, we're neither. I mean, sometimes it's fun. Like there, there are things I play. Like everyone's like, "Oh, that's the meta build or the meta deck." I don't care if it's fucking fun. If I'm having a hoot play, it don't matter because then I, as we said, I'm not sacrificing my joy of playing. In fact, sometimes I'm getting even better joy out of playing whatever is the big, you know, the big thing. You know? If it's a hoot, who cares? You know? And it's the hardest thing in a game because as Gonzo said, you know, are you sacrificing yourself and the other players' fun? And that's a hard thing because... You know, you don't necessarily know going into a game what the other player is going to have fun doing. So it's hard to judge that. So all you can really judge in every in most games that you play that aren't against, you know, a standard opponent or something like that. You know, most pickup games or online games, anything like that, is you have to just make sure you're having fun doing what you're doing. As long as you're having fun, we say that in our unit all the time. It's like, well, this isn't the greatest, like, it's not skilled up. Like, I don't, we don't care. Just have fun. Are you having fun? Play it. If you need to do something else to have fun, do something else to have fun. We're, we're with you. Just let us know. We'll, we'll support you having fun. It's it's the point of gaming. I mean, sure, the objective of the game is to win, but the point of the game, uh, philosophically speaking, is to have enjoyment or fun. And if you are not, then what the fuck are you doing? I mean, I've had that a lot. That's why I stopped playing uh, War Machine or Horse, to be honest. I didn't enjoy it. You know, there are people that I'd play and I'd enjoy it against, but a lot of people, you just, it becomes a grind. Is that worth it? Arathu says, it depends a lot on how competitive it is in Masters Tournament. Taking something you don't really think is the best isn't even an option. That is false. I played a lot of War Machine and Horse Tournaments. You can have Zagonzo and Bania, and I'd play whatever the I want, and I would not always win all of it, but I would do good, solid performance every time. Sometimes it is about doing the best with what you've got. And that, in some ways, is my challenge. The best with what you've got. That's why a lot of those big players, Storm Machine of Hordes, back in the day, would take armies and they'd switch them with somebody else. They'd all switch their armies. It's playing the best you can with something you've got. This is what I've got? Cool, let's go. Oh my gosh, if that makes me think of my friend's uh, tournament that he ran. And it was called the General's Tournament. And he put together an army of every type of army in uh, Warhammer Fantasy at the time. And 
you had it was randomly decided who played which army over the course of the entire tournament. So you had no idea which army you were going to be playing. Am I going to be playing Bretonians? Am I going to be playing Empire? Am I going to be playing Orcs and Goblins? I don't know. And oh, I never saw so many people having so much fun. I, I have those, uh, they're called steamrollers with a twist. And yeah. every time, every round had a twist. And one twist was always, all right, you're ready deployed. Now go stand on your opponent's side and you play his army and blah, blah, yep. blah. Those are... Now, you have to be aware of that because that is a different style of thing. Yeah, you, but you, you tell that this tournament is yeah. a steamroller with a twist and it's got weird things going on. And... Yeah, and Arathu, uh, to, to further on that, that's just what I did. Not everyone would do that. You could think it's less competitive a tournament. I would do it in all tournaments. Not always did, didn't always do well. In the Bane point, last time I lost one Machine Hordes game, probably the last tournament I played, did like 50% two and two. I mean, it happens. Pickup game, sure, is one thing, but it's not the same thing, you know. But I just like enjoying what I'm playing, you know. It's why I stopped because it became sort of dr uh, uh, a grind to do certain things. That's why I don't play 40k tournaments. Every time I see one being played, it's everyone rushing around and there's such a short time limit and blah blah. I'm like, no, that's not my thing. Yeah. I want to enjoy the game I'm playing. You're not a tournament player. Mm -hmm. And I've played games on time limits, and that's fine. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you want to do. But not always. There are always those people that the the thing that's fun for them is the winning of the tournament. The thing that's fun for them is being competitive, you know, and and that. So so it's not like that's a bad thing. No. And you know, you want to be competitive and go for best general or best overall. <clears throat> you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. No. As long as you're enjoying yourself but if mm -hmm. you're sitting there playing the game and you're trying to win the tournament and every four seconds you're yelling and screaming at your dice and you know you're upset about everything that's happening and you're being a mr cranky pants yeah. because yeah. your dice yeah. rolls yeah. bad i mean it happens <laughs> yeah it does, it does happen but I mean, if, you, if, if you're trying to win and you're having a bad time trying to win and it's maybe something you need to think about you know we all can't we we, we can't we can't um i don't know who did that i don't know what it was um we all can't win oh um oh, lost my train of thought now sorry <laughs> well that's sort of the point for knowing what the event or game is going to be like you need to make sure your have the right expectations. A lot of life is is making sure you've set the right expectations for those around you, and you're getting your expectations set correctly. You know, you don't want to go into a game like your War Machine with the twist, you know, uh, steamroller, and expect a standardish game. You need to be expecting something different. Yeah. Oh, I remember what it was. You can't help dice rolls. So if you're having problems with dice, it's there's nothing you can do about that. That's just oh, how it is. But if you've got these problems where you're constantly making mistakes and you're constantly, you know, moving the wrong model, the wrong place, or you know, whatever, mm -hmm. that's you know, that's something that you need to evaluate. Um, I know people that are. I mean, my War Machine Hordes area is pretty super competitive around me. Um, 
but a lot of them are pretty cool and pretty chill and they you know they're like okay this you know it didn't work now they may get upset while they're playing and stuff but they're not going to i haven't seen a lot of people don't get me wrong there's always somebody but i haven't seen a lot of people hold grudges uh, hold grudges because they lost because of bad die roll or you know whatever i think that's the thing that that maybe some people are confusing that that we're saying being competitive is an unhappy thing but no, that's not what we're saying at all correct. it's a time and a place for that you come into that event like we had a guy locally matt hennemeyer not the name drop but he was one of our good players but he was also one of those guys who knew the game he was playing at that moment i could unleash him upon the newest of noobs and he'd help him and instruct him it would be a positive experience for that person and he could come into whoever came in the hardest of the hard and play the pants off of them you know they'd be have a good game because that he knew how to do that and that's that's that is the ultimate i think in how to do it if you can if you can set yourself for all of those and and be aware enough of the game you're playing because you set your expectations right so you're going to enjoy it more and then you know you know the other person's going to enjoy it more so that's like next level because honestly at the start you have to make sure you enjoy it yeah you know, if your opponent only being... enjoys winning and you win against them i mean they're going to get a little upset maybe it happens nothing wrong with being competitive not at all and then uh so Arthur says, I'm in. I'm all for fun armies, but invitation tournaments when there are limited spots, I think it's letting both those who didn't qualify and the host town if you don't try to win with your best ability. So that's another level of that is we're not talking about, you know, hamstringing. If you, if you want to say taking units in the game that are perfectly legal is hamstringing yourself because they're not what everyone considers top tier, sure, then I'm not. But if I qualify playing that way, I think it's doing everyone in the service to change the way I play just in a tournament you know, for that particular thing. And I think it's actually good. There's a lot of people who come in with the Dark Horse armies and people don't know what to do with them. I, I had that a lot of times. People would be like, what the hell is John doing? I don't even know. Uh, I was really all, all about that the when I was playing Grimkin and, you know, trying to get into the Invitational and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was playing a Grimkin list and they were like, I don't know how to handle this. And they were like, fuck that totally fucked me up and i'm like yeah, yeah. It did what it was supposed to do yeah and that's the thing you know i mean again like i said you have to, to play to have fun yourself that should be the most important thing and then the second most is trying to make sure your opponent also has fun but they're unfortunately mutually exclusive and sometimes your ideas of what is fun are going to clash and that's just the way of life unfortunately yeah best you can do is try to have the most fun you can with what you're doing I'm not picking any rack. You're just bringing up good points that I want to bring up because they are legitimately good points. Uh, but it goes into sort of a frame of mind thing too. And then uh, sparingly said, uh, I played at a game or played at a game store where Formation is the main game. We have a world-class player who goes most of the big tournaments. He likes the competitive aspect of the game is also one of the nicest guys to play against and learn from. Absolutely. There's a ton of guys like that in all the hobbies. And that's great. Like, um, Let's use my current hobby, which is MechWare Online. All the big guys would love to drop in a private lobby and spend some time teaching people how to be better at the game. Because that's when people be better at the game. More people are better, the more better games they have, it gets better for everyone. You know, it's it's weird. You know, it's it's hard to uh, 
it's hard to quantify sometimes, you know. Yes, that's apparently the biggest win is for everyone to walk away happy. Sadly, you can always win that way. No, I mean, that's true. I mean, but I have a lot of like games where I lost a close game. I'm like, that was a good game. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that. Yeah. There, there's a difference between I got my ass stomped and the guy was a dick about it to I got my ass stomped and this guy, you know, was really fun. Because one of the things I do when I play a game, I make sound effects. I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I'm a little silly at some of the stuff I do. But, I mean, that's just me because, I mean, that's how I enjoy my game. I don't have a problem with um, being a bit silly on certain things like, oh, well, this guy's got a defense of 800. What? I'm like, I'm joking. It's okay. It's just a game. Well, you got to feel out your audience there. That's like uh, when somebody asks me what my armor class is, and I'm like, it's 75. <laughs> I'm like, really? No, you're you're better... looking at me as if I'm serious because anybody would have an AC of 75. If ever. you have to ask, then you missed. <laughs> or, you know, whenever, you know, moving my models, I will and make sound effects when I play my game. Yeah. I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't do that myself just because I'm I'm not that good at making sound effects. So, you know. Oh, there are people that hate it beyond belief. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to make a sound effects on certain things. We're playing with toy soldiers, my friend. Yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, you know, if it's a tournament scene, I don't, you know, make it where I'm extending my opponent's time so he, you know, loses time or whatever. Nothing like that. Nothing to break the rules. It's just, you know, that's just how I am. I like to be silly. Bradley wants to know if you make screams of agony if a dragon burns your units to a crisp. <laughs> I would. I'd do that. I'd be good at that. <laughs> I don't want to know where you got the skill of being good at Screams of Agony. Do not need to know. <laughs> I've, yeah, never mind. Well, as Franley said, I played in SteamRoller 3, except for learning to learn War Machine. Knew I was going to get fresh, and that took all the pressure off me. Yeah, like I said, that's that's managing your expectations. If you know what to expect going into a game, my, uh, my MWO unit, since that's the only thing I'm doing right now, we went into the competitive play, expecting to get our asses whooped, and we got our asses whooped. We learned a ton. We all became better players, but we got our asses whooped. We played some of the top teams multiple times because we were all up in there early, you know, and we had a great time for the most part. Uh, a couple people got a little salty here or there, but they were coming in with wrong expectations, like winning against top-tier teams. Come on. Come on. But most of us had a great time and learned a ton. It was good. Legion says, unfortunately, where I where I started, I assume it means where I started playing competitively. It seemed like being a dick was the game, and that's sometimes too. You realize maybe that's not the right game uh, for you to play at that place. Uh, apparently, I'm playing MechWarrior online. It's all I'm playing right now, pretty much. Kind of late to the party since it's been around for a while, but it's what I got. I'm enjoying the crap out of it. <clears throat> and I think that's really what it comes down to is when you're not enjoying the game you're playing even if you're playing it competitively that's something you need to look at indeed now sometimes you'll continue playing because I've gone to tournaments and not been having a good time 
but I'm like, you know what? I've committed. I'm going to make this tournament bad for other people if I just drop. So I'm not going to drop. I'm going to continue playing and then just see what I can do. You know, you just keep you keep doing it as long as you can. And then someone's like, oh, someone's dropping. I'm like, oh, good. I'll drop too. I've done that <clears throat> before whenever I was playing and someone was like, I'm dropping. I'm having fun. Uh, I tell, I'll go to the TLOs. Hey, I'll drop too. That way you can have an even number still. And they're like, okay. It's funny that we do have to explain, and thanks, Jared, to train minis, uh, that this is the podcast that we do weekly uh, on the same channel that Kathy paints. Oh, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not, in fact, painting the ancient one from Shadows of Brimstone because, get this, it's... folks, I finished Carl last night, this morning, technically. It was about midnight <clears throat> when I uh, when I put the finishing touches on him. Yeah, he's done. That means now I get to uh, start my plan of attack for learning how to do oil paints. The <laughs> rabbit is asking, do you moan when your units are stunned by a seducing demon? I find this very amusing to imagine. No? Gonzo, why not? Because uh, I've never been seduced by a demon before. How about that? That's so sad. <laughs> oh, indeed, apparently. Yep, being graceful in both victory and defeat means soldiering on through a tournament you know you won't place top three in. And that's what you got to do. Sometimes I'm not going to place top anything. Oh, <laughs> Gonzo. Just start point bottom. Hootie Hoot is asking, what mini is this if it's not the ancient one? It is not the but ancient I... one, but if you do do exclamation point, what is that command? It will be in there, but um, it, I did fix that. Ha -ha. Uh, this is the Flame of Sia model. I actually supersized it from um, <clears throat> Art Villain's uh, 3D Patreon. It's a little bit bigger. What's that command again? Because uh, it, uh, it didn't work. Show me what is it. Oh, what oh, is it? Word. You said what is. Oh. Exclamation point, what is it? There you go. <laughs> Someone closer to Norway they got to get over there so the demons do some stuff. That's so weird. That's actually not really something I see in the game so much anymore. What? But then to make that more of a uh, passive effect rather than a... Uh, active effect <laughs> wow apparently you have to take lots of pictures of Carl Thuler because Nosferatu is going to miss him <laughs> I will definitely be taking uh, taking pictures of Carl never fear Mr. Carl Thulu accounts receivable will be represented online soon and someone's going to have a heck of a game when they get to him in Shadow Through Brimstone because I never had to face anything quite that big, and there are plenty of things that my character pooped himself against. Yeah. Remember, whatever game you're playing, pooping yourself is a free action. Mizzy, That's reassuring. That? Or is well, it a bonus action? I mean, whichever. I don't. depends on what you're going <laughs> to say. Uh, it's a free action. But yeah, I mean... We never ran from anything like that, though. Even the big stuff, we'd stay and fight because, you know, I was a bandito. I was a Mexican, not a Mexican. 
and now it's quiet. That joke was about as well as I expect. Tough crowd. I've, yeah, your uh, your OSL is looking good there, Gonzo. Yeah, I, I went and re-dry brushed some white over it to get rid of that red, and then I'm using this um, the transparent yellow to get mm -hmm. a base on it, and then I'm going to take and do um, I'm kind of like using it as a wash. Throw a little bit of uh, orange in the areas where your darker shadows are yep. on mm -hmm. the brick. Yeah, and then do a little bit, a little bit whiter on some of the. Uh, use some of that fluorescent, just to hit the. Touches. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember you saying that from a podcast, Kathy, when I was painting uh, Amanozaki's lantern. So I made sure I put a little orange away from the center of it, where the light would start to get a little darker. On that, uh, the center port where the light comes out. I'm like, oh, let's make a little more orange there so that it uh, looks appropriate. I'm using, I'm taking the uh, transparent yellow from Pro Acryl to use as a kind of a wash to get in there, and then I'll go back with the yellow, the orange, and then the uh, that fluorescent yellow to get it a little bit, you know, brighter yellow where I want it to be a brighter yellow. Oh, so yeah, so Springless, I was sorry for the super new question, but what are the main things you talk about in your weekly podcast? Whatever this week was, uh, I don't know if you missed it. Was the quote by Will Wheaton I, I uh, brought up uh, this week, which was uh, let me grab it here again so I don't misword it. It's you should never sacrifice the joy of playing in pursuit of victory. You know, we'll have whatever. You know, someone will see something during the week that'll become a topic. Maybe it'll be role playing related, maybe miniature game, maybe board game. You know, whatever we really want to, and we will go off topic a lot. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do go off topic. Sometimes and we go off usually, topic. Usually Gonzo is painting a miniature while we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And then during the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is when I have my stream during the day starting at 3 p.m. Central where I paint miniatures. And uh, Carl, the... The ancient one from Shadows of Brimstone is what I have been working on. And I just had to push yesterday off stream to get him finished. Because <clears throat> that was a commission piece. That, wasn't a that was a commission piece, yeah. So he's out of the way. So now, this coming Tuesday, I will be starting my journey into oil painting. I'll be... I'll be using oil paints to paint miniatures. I'm going to start out with a few busts that are Lovecraft themed. So that's that is the plan for Tuesday. I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and and I think I think we all know that the first stage of learning to paint with oil paints is Fifty Shades of Mud. <laughs> It's all the various types of brown that you'll be mixing as you learn how to mix your paints. <laughs> so so that's going to be me. I'm going to be playing around with my palette and seeing just what those paints can do and, and how I can get, you know, different different colors and how they work. And Arathu says, of course, my only art with oils is a baby oil. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's my thing that I do during the week and and this is the one that 
Gonzo does on Sunday nights while we talk about whatever geeky things just come into our heads. And oftentimes uh, it's fueled by the chat. So feel free to make suggestions about topics that you would like to hear about or like to hear us talk about uh, or make comments that we will then read out loud and discuss. Um, which, by the way, I <laughs> uh, wanted to make an announcement. Um, we do have two other podcasts that are underneath our banner, per se. Um, one is a Warcaster uh, thing called Through the Void Gate. Uh, it's a brand new guy that's just started, so uh, if you find us on there and you hear that, uh, Josh Sexix is uh, started that. And then we have the uh, Minority Report guys, and they have actually something pretty cool coming out next week. Um Every day they'll have an episode where they have talked with privateer press people and did interviews with them about certain things coming up. Um, so it's a one-a-day type thing, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what they've got. Won't be on Twitch, of course. It'll be, you know, in our podcast and our streams. Yeah, the only other thing I might add to Twitch, and it's a little ways away because holiday times are going to be crazy. Uh, I might start streaming MechWarrior online uh, as I play poorly. But, again, a little bit of ways. I don't have a lot of time for that right this moment. But Conzo really wants me to, so. Aspiringly says, and someday I'll say that right, aspiringly <laughs> says, I bought some oil paint to try mini painting with, but I'm still fighting to get acrylic paint to bend to my will. And I figure I should just focus on them for a while. That's how I felt. Oh my gosh, you guys. Excuse me while I interrupt that with this late breaking news. Captain Madlove is raiding. Hey, Captain Madlove. Welcome in, raiders. And thank you so much, Captain Madlove, for raiding. Uh, much appreciated. And I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> um, gosh, welcome in, raiders. This is More Than Dice, a podcast. This is our Sunday night podcast where we talk about gaming and other geeky things. And Gonzo is painting uh, Flamacia from Raging Heroes. And uh, so, and we're just talking. So, you know, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, you know, shoot. Yeah, you're about to hit us for our media section where we talk about movies and video games and yeah. such music yeah. that we've uh, partaked of in the uh, recent week. Which I watched a bunch of things. Big surprise, right? That was my shock face. I watched some things. I watched That's a shock face. Well, things. I watched two things. I watched, I watched, I binge watched an entire series of a new show that came out. Oh. And I started watching a new series. So we'll see how that goes. And before anyone's worried, we will not spoil Mandalorian. No spoiler Mandalorian. I did watch That's that. That's good because I still haven't watched any episodes of the second season. Yeah, wa watch out for uh, social media there, Kathy. Uh, I, I follow three people really on Twitter. really need to get that taken care of. Yeah, I've uh, been busy this week moving my studio around. So... You know, people who are familiar with my setup will know that this background is different than what I normally used to have. This is my 
picture window with the lights in it behind me now. <laughs> it's very picturesque. It is picturesque. It's very festive. No, apparently that's not a spoiler. The Mandalorian is awesome. You should watch it. Yes, that, that is true. That is not a spoiler. That's true. That is a true awesome. story. I've enjoyed the hell out of the first season, and I definitely need to watch the second uh, season. Legionnaire for highlights, I would probably go with Moldy Ogre. For blonde hair? Yes. You know what? Uh, and it's funny because I've been thinking about this, looking at uh, other people painting blonde hair and thinking about how I painted blonde hair when I first, you know, was trying to paint blonde hair. And it's that you really don't use yellow. Yellow just makes it look too lemony. It makes it look fake. So if, if you're using some kind of lemon yellow or just a really bright, pure yellow, that's not what you want for, for blonde hair. You want something that is a little bit less saturated. You want like a, a golden yellow or if, you, if the only yellow you have is a bright yellow, mix a tiny bit of purple with it and that'll desaturate it a little bit. It'll make it more beige or tan. Interesting, because I was trying to do something similar to that and using uh, an off-white mixed with it to try and uh, get it down. It took uh, quite a bit. Yeah, any any off any time you use white or something with a white pigment in it, it's going to desaturate your color a bit. So that works if you want a lighter value. Yeah. If you want a darker value, then throw in a little bit of uh, a purple to it, and it'll it'll sort of gray it up or brown it a little a little bit. I assume you just throw in whatever's opposite on the color wheel. Scotty goes, Kathy says, if you use yellow, you're doing it wrong and should be ashamed of yourself. You dishonored your ancestors. That's not, oh. not really true. I mean, if you want bright yellow hair, then that's exactly what you should use. If you use. want animated yellow hair, then yeah, sure. Yeah. I actually like a little bit of yellow as the highlight because it gives it that almost anime look without going full anime just in yeah. the highest points just for a little bit of that pop if you will but i've i've had hair that just looks too lemony and oh yeah and it's it's always sad making and i'm like why why did i do that i need to remember this so that i can learn from my mistakes i actually like uh rucksack tan as the basic because it's a very yellowy brown yeah that's when you see that's what made me think of it because that that tan just seems seems much uh, more in line with what you would want for blonde. Uh, blonde. Captain night, Captain says, I love you all, crew. More than dice, you're a rock star, but I must go to bed. Oh, tomorrow comes early, Captain. Uh, thank you again for the raid. Really thank appreciate you. it. Have a good night. Sweet dreams. You got to Pikachu. Oh, yeah. Pikachu definitely go full yellow. Oh, absolutely. Or Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because of course you have a Pikachu would, right there. Would you not call that Pikachu? I'm gonna type in the channel. I have two, one primed and one unprimed. That's a peekaboo Pikachu. Pikachu. Inkatuni is boopy Kathy. Oh, I will boop you on the nose. You can do hugs. Oh, that's right. I forgot. See if I even remember how to do it. 
<laughs> I did. I did. It worked. There you go. Exclamation point, hug, and then tag person. <laughs> the commands are new to me. So they're new to this uh, channel. Well, we had them so. for a while. When we took them away, they weren't really working, and then we brought them back. So. <laughs> we're just talking about. We're just. Do you want to read that quote again, John? Since we've got some new people in here, sure, and our media section hasn't started we'll yet. Finish it out so they can go back and listen to the whole thing later if they want to. If it sounds interesting, the whole thing was all based on a quote uh, from uh, Will Wheaton from a couple years ago that I had written down on a notepad I found. Actually, uh, I'm gonna guess. It was some time ago, because this notepad I last used in 2015, apparently. Anyways, uh, you should never sacrifice the joy of playing in pursuit of victory. And we had, uh, you know, good discussion of that, because that's where it brought out a lot for us, because uh, it means that in a lot of games, you know, whether it be, you know, sort of finish out our topics, the special media section, whether it be miniature games, board games, online games, potentially, even role-playing games, there are things you can do that are not fun that would let you win, you know, and is that really what you need? Is that really what you want? Is you, you, are you enjoying it still? Are you, you know, yeah, or... that's the thing. I mean, it, you can be competitive. You can mm -hmm. be really competitive and play in tournaments and stuff and enjoy what you're doing. But I have seen people who just, it's miserable for them. And I'm like, why are you putting yourself through this? Yeah. Why are you it's like that, doing it? It's like that <laughs> online build of some D&D of some &D class, like, Oh, it wrecks everything that comes into contact to you. Yeah, but are you having fun? Because if not, it's like you're doing. You're doing it wrong. Triply so in a role-playing game. Like, I can give you a little bit of pass. You're like, well, I don't really enjoy this uh, army for a miniatures game, but it works really well, and I win, and I like winning. Okay, cool. I mean, you at least understand what you're doing, but if you're not enjoying it, don't play it. So with that said, now it is the two-minute warning for our media section now. Yeah, Gonzo. Oh, dang it. Gonzo's like, no, I'm right in the middle of doing this light color on my flames. Well, I'm finally getting that, that fluorescent yellow inside of the thing. It'll it'll hold. I just, it, I'm putting it inside the grooves and the divots, and it's really mm -hmm. flashing out now. Yeah, yeah, it's looking really good. I mean, it's really going. So the sword that I painted on Carl, the ancient one from Shadows of Brimstone, who we lovingly call Mr. Carl Thulu, accounts receivable. Uh, so his sword, it was Legionnaires who suggested that his sword be made out of dark stone, which is a material in that game. I've never played Shadows of Brimstone, so I didn't know. And the dark stone is purple, like amethyst. So I made the sword to hopefully look like, you know, amethyst or something crystal that's purple. Well, the runes on it, I wanted them to look sort of glowy. And I used the fluorescent pink. And I'm looking at it after I was done with my stream. And I was like, God damn, that looks like a Barbie sword. It looks like... It looks like the sword that Dark Barbie would be wielding if she had tentacles growing out of her face, which also makes me want to modify a Barbie. However, I decided to 
used some fluorescent, some Vallejo fluorescent yellow mixed with a little white to highlight those runes. And all of a sudden, it looked like it gave it some heat. And it also contrasted with the purple enough so it looks more glowing and less Barbie. So, so, yay! Yes, one of the cameras is upside down intentionally. That's Gonzo. He's weird. <laughs> Agusaki says, I miss Will Wheaton's uh, tabletop so much. Yeah, I enjoyed tabletop. I thought that was a fun, uh, that was a fun series that he did. The dark Barbie. I know, right, Wavy? I feel like this has to happen now. Dark Barbie and her and her sword and her tentacles. I have to do this. <laughs> I have to do Dark Barbie. I need to write this down. All of my stuff is in different places now. <laughs> I just moved my studio around and, and things are still unorganized. Oh my god, I don't even know where a writing utensil is. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I don't have uh, I haven't taken my final pictures of Carl yet I just finished him at midnight last night this morning so I haven't had a chance to take pictures yet but uh, but soon and Captain Mizzy invoked the boob hammer which takes you to my Instagram so that you can see work in progress pictures of Carl and my goblin pumpkin riders. So you can you can click that link. That is that will take you to my war cry, but that also goes to my Instagram in general. So if you feel like it. So I have go to the media section, sorry. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, but two of them will be quick. Perhaps you should start. Okay. Um, so I finished the new episode of Star Trek Discovery. No spoilers. Um, no spoilers. No spoilers. There'll never be a spoilers on this stuff. Um, I'm actually really, really, really like the way they're doing Star Trek Discovery. It is super, super good. Um, there has been a lot of talk on how they're taking the show and where they're taking it and stuff. And... I'm excited for where they're taking it. This this show really has stepped over the and made itself its own individual Star Trek show now. It has definitely set itself apart, which I really, really like. Um, I can't wait to see more of the episodes. Uh, Discovery's just been super, super good. Um, no spoilers or anything. If you liked last season, you're really going to like this season. Um, cool. And then... Yeah, and then my other one, non-spoiler related, was Mandalorian. Um, oh, this newest episode. Right after that. Yeah, this new episode, uh, fanboy just came out in me type thing. So um, I really, really love it. Um, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. I like uh, everything, they're, the direction they're going, the expanding of the universe more. I'm all for what they're doing to Mandalorian right now. Um Non-spoiler review, loving it. Absolutely. It was super awesome. Uh, I may or may not have totally bought an action figure after that, um, after watching <laughs> it. 
Um, but I didn't want to talk about something else. So since I was working all day Friday, and it was a long-ass day, 12 and a half hours is a hell of a day, and I didn't really get to watch it until, uh, you know, a certain point when things slowed down enough that I could do that and not feel like I was interfering with my job at all. Um, because I would never want to do that, but limited time with how long I'm working. So I, when I watch it early, you know, just looking at Twitter real quick, We'd, I'd already seen spoilers from people, you know, who were spoiling little things. And I'm like, literally posted, like, just just stop posting fucking spoilers. You, I know you live in the fucking UK and you've already seen it because, hey, look, it's already, you know, whatever time of night out there. But for fuck's sake, stop spoiling for everyone else. Show some fucking impulse control. Yeah. Take that shit to personal messages, people. Doubly so, if your ass is promoting your YouTube channel on fucking Twitter, I will unsubscribe to that YouTube channel so fast your head will fucking spin. Yeah, at I least will badmouth your shit to everyone because you don't have any fucking impulse control because you are ruining it for everyone else who doesn't get the joy of seeing that for the first time. Yeah, when the if... thing happens, and you guys will see when the thing happens in The Mandalorian, know that I already knew that thing was going to happen because I had it fucking spoiled. Yeah. The, their thing is, is if you're going to spoil it, you should definitely say, hey, spoilers, like we did when we did our Star Wars well, one. Do, spoilers, well, is, don't turn it off, you know, do it. But, I mean, Twitter if you're doing it. Twitter is not the place for spoilers because there's no way to hide them in Twitter. You can do it on Facebook because you can enter enough that it becomes a long post that it truncates. Correct. So correct. you only see that click here to read more as a spoil. Cool. I have no problem with that. <laughs> That's awesome. But if you fucking put it somewhere where it's like you say spoiler and just list it there, like spoiler, you know, and then go you know, actual, you know, spoiler in the comments. And I go into the comments, there, you've got a chance to look away. And yeah. I would call that acceptable. You still shouldn't do that shit because it's really hard to hide. So I might just see that pop up in their in their feed. Just fucking stop it. Because I unsubscribed to a YouTube channel. I fucking unfollowed three people on Twitter. Like, no, I'm fucking done, you fuckers. Stop doing that shit. Who wants <laughs> to work for a fucking living? And to keep themselves sane during their day, they get to through look through Twitter real quick, see what's going down. It just the fuck. Sorry. So Retorama, we're spoiler: there are no Mandalins in the Mandalorian. Ruined. So I'm waiting my, uh, for the uh, the Bandalorian to come out. The Bandalorian. <laughs> oh. I think uh, I think my boy Joe could be that the Bandalorian. He's actually wants to learn the Mandalorian theme on banjo. He's starting to learn banjo in. Oh God, that's quarantine. awesome! <laughs> I told him he can do that, but not until after he learns the Rainbow Connection. There are standards to be maintained. Rainbow. Oh, step absolutely! Five, Rainbow Connection. Step two: Mandalorian theme. <laughs> so, Kathy, I'm sure you watched something with James Bond in it this week. I did. I did. I watched two <laughs> things with James Bond. Two James Bond movies today. And, and uh, so the first one was the last Sean Connery James Bond, which is Diamonds Are Forever. And God, you love the song at the beginning. It's fantastic. The way they light, light the girls at the beginning was really cool. Um, you know, because there's always the girls, you know, dancing in silhouette and stuff. Because um, it's you know, well, let's see. This was 1971, I think. Anyways, I liked it. It, I forgot how much of it takes place in Las Vegas. So that was, that was weird. You know what? It was, there were parts of it that were actually almost boring to me. I was distracted 
because I wasn't engaged enough. There are other James Bonds where I'm just riveted to it and and it's fun and there's action and there's humor and everything, but in this case, eh. And then after that, like right after that, I watched the first one with Roger Moore in it. And that was Live and Let Die, which of course is the one, you know, Paul McCartney and Wings did the the theme song for that one, Live and Let Die. And that's the one that is, it's very dated. <laughs> it was 1973 and it shows. <laughs> it's all about voodoo and Jane Seymour makes her debut as Solitaire, the lady who reads tarot cards. And there Butterfly is... Butterfly colors? There's so much... At one point, I was like, James Bond, manipulating women into bed since 1963. Oh, yeah? Except I still like this one. I like To Live and Let Die. I enjoy it. It's so cheesy. It's so corny. It's so it very corny. A heck of a shock from from other James Bond because I've yeah, seen a good portion of it recently. Especially coming off of the George Lazenby one from last weekend, which was much more serious. Uh, and then diamonds are uh, diamonds are forever. It starts to kind of, it is kind of already not taking itself quite as seriously. But then once once you hit Roger Moore, he's definitely taking Bond in a whole different direction. Uh, but if you've if you've been a fan of Doctor Who and you've seen, you know, the Doctor appear in so many different forms, you kind of are used to that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't and and there's that 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 whole fan theory that James Bond is actually a Time Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and those are his regenerations. So, uh, rating. Uh, geez. So, so diamonds are forever. I would give that. I would give that two space herpes. It just it didn't engage me. Uh, to live and let die. I would give three because it's. I like that one better. However, it is so corny and dated. But it, I laugh. Um, oh, uh, so for those that don't know, our our system of rating movies is <laughs> space herpes. And so zero space herpes is desirable. More space herpes obviously is a bad thing. And it only goes to five, generally speaking. Yeah. We even tried rating higher than five. <laughs> and our other rating scale is on a scale of uh, uh, from Cats to Casablanca, what do you rate it? Cats being the worst movie and Casablanca being the best movie, in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> Actually, the uh, uh, it wasn't uh, Roger Moore doing nope, the bond, doing the wheelie in the semi-truck. And it was on one, yeah, it was on one side of his wheels. That was uh, that was uh, Timothy Dalton in the second of his Bond out, his second and last uh, Bond out with uh, was it uh, the drug-related one where they? Uh, oh, the one that just reminded me so much of Miami Vice. 
Yes, it was very Miami Vice. <laughs> it was very darker. It was sort of maybe even a little too much of a point. That whole scene with uh, Felix Leitner and his uh, bride was a little. Oh, that was. Yeah, okay. that was oh. dark. Probably since the kill. Thank you, Hen. Yeah, that was dark. It's funny because I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about that one because in To Live and Let Die, they have a scene where they're about to be lowered into a, a pool of sharks. Bond? Which seems to happen a lot in Bond movies. And now we know why Dr. Evil <laughs> likes sharks with laser beams on their head. <laughs> He's so Blofeld. Anyways, so that that's my thing that I'm doing is watching all of the James Bond movies consecutively. So every week it's at least one new Bond movie that I've oh. seen. Well, not new, but oh. not even new to me. In <laughs> fact, I've seen I've seen all of them now that I've seen the Timothy Dalton ones, except for the newest. Uh, oh, they haven't released the newest. Daniel Craig. It's all a Spectre, though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Acid Burn Funk says, I watched Ghost in the Shell live action this weekend and gave it three space herpes. I have not seen the live action Ghost in the Shell. It is not really high on my list to see. It's it's free, I think, on Amazon. Oh, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. It's worth skipping. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk about something free on Amazon after Gonzo gives his next. Um, my next one is I watched and binge watched the entire season of Stargirl, um, which is on Disney, uh, or not Disney Plus, um, yes. HBO Max, because it's got all the like, DC we're not stuff. You know, DC titles on Disney Plus there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going DC. Yeah. Um, and because uh, I saw that it was out, of course, there was ads for it everywhere. Um, so I figured I'd give it a shot. It's you know, DC, I'm not, I'm not a huge DC person and it's kind of rated. Uh, I think they rated it as PG 13, uh, on their, uh, rating system. And so I said, what the hell it is a CW style show, but it is a CW style show without romance, which is properly aged. There shouldn't be much romance because that gets creepy. Yeah. Well, she, she's in high school in this one. Um, and everything you can tell this was kind of geared for, you know, a younger generation, uh, type thing. Um, nothing really was cringy about everything that I was watching. It wasn't, you know, horrible. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was just there. Um, there, it doesn't sound like it was good at all either. It wasn't great. I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't great, but I could tell that it would, it wasn't geared towards me. So I wasn't, I wasn't upset about that. It's the best way to put it. They definitely were trying to, uh, gear it towards a younger crowd. Um, the special effects were okay. The, uh, there was quite a bit of wire action in it. Um, you know, a jumping and everything, which is okay. I get it. You're trying to make everybody, you know, fly around and be, you know, superheroes um definitely had that cw feel to it uh for the action and the uh drama but there was not this huge romance thing going on with it there wasn't all these little you know everybody loving who and what and everything it was all just basically 
very young style superhero show, which is not bad. I mean, it wasn't really that bad. Um, the costumes, we still can't do hooded capes very well on TV without making them look like crap, in my opinion. Um, the hooded capes were like real bulky and everything. And it just, it just, it just seemed off, especially when they were trying to fight in them. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, that's not going to work. No capes. Uh, no capes. Uh, but I understand why. Uh, it's only They're season great one. in illustration and uh, in anime. They're very dramatic. <laughs> but in real life. They suck. <laughs> um, but overall, it wasn't bad. It, it was a decent little show for, you know, a superhero thing. Uh, definitely, like I said, geared towards a younger crowd. Um, but it's something to watch. And I'm always looking for something to watch. Um, so, uh, I give it one and a half space herpes, just enough that it doesn't go to, you know, bad, but it's definitely not my type of thing. Uh, Luke Wilson does really good in this, by the way. Um, he, uh, really does really good in this series for being the, which I think is funny is that he's playing the only true adult in the show. Most of it. Because all the bad guys are adults, he's the good guy adult, and then everybody that's supposed to be superheroes are teenagers. Um, but of course, they're all not teenagers, they're all like 28 and 30 and stuff. But um, it wasn't bad. I give it, you know, like I said, one and a half space herpes. So, so my problem with the concept of Stargirl, I'm going to push up my glasses before that, of course, is because it's really deeply rooted in the Justice Society of America, and there's a lot of fucking continuity there that they can't get that was sort of what made Stargirl cool, you know, being a legacy hero of sorts. Uh, it is not the same girl from Kick-Ass. Uh, it's a whole no, different other girl. Definitely too old for that now. Yeah. Uh, di different girl. Um, had some smaller roles before this. Um, but, I mean, oh, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just, I guess what, cheesy is kind of a better way to put it. Very young, cheesy type thing, so. Well, it sounds like it didn't even hit the uh, necessarily uh, high notes of the CW, uh, Flash and uh, Arrow, so that's a, that's a problem. No, and, and so I'm very, yeah, I would say young adult. Uh, I, I'm very worried that it would be given another season the way it was. I'd be surprised. So. Fair enough. All right, John. So uh, my movie that was free on Amazon Prime, I was just looking through yesterday, getting ready to eat some dinner, and I saw they had Romancing the Stone for free. Oh, I know, my God. I know, I need to watch that. I'm so excited. <laughs> I have not seen that in years. It's uh, It's been on my list to purchase, but never just got around to it. So now it's for free, along with the sequel, Jewel of the Nile, uh -huh. which we'll probably hear about next week, because Lord knows I got to watch that one right afterwards. Oh, and yes. This is a fun movie. It's sort of a uh, adventure romance comedy of sorts, if you haven't seen it, uh, starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner with uh, some Danny DeVito in it, and then really no one else of consequence. <laughs> and the whole idea is, uh, not really to spoil it, you all get to say it pretty quick, but um, Kathleen Turner, character, who is a romance novelist, has to go down to Columbia to rescue her sister from people who are uh, holding her hostage for a package that she sent to her for a map, for a treasure map. And 
there are other people looking for this as too. The uh, Dr. Zolo of the, the Colombian secret police. Um, and he sort of lures her away and she gets stuck out in the wilds and has to get help from Jack T. Colton, played by Michael Douglas, uh, who you sort of get the original idea like, oh, he's an Indiana Jones type. Then you realize he's not an Indiana Jones type. He's totally different. <laughs> and along the way, they meet some interesting characters, have some fun adventures. And I mean, it's just a good, fun, you know, action comedy romance romp. It is the definition of a fun popcorn movie that uh, you, just, you just enjoy. All the main actors give great performances. The comedic beats are good. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say the romance is believable, but it's at least understandable. And it's just a fun time. It gets a little rough at points. If I remember correctly, it was rated like PG-13 or R. might have been R because I don't think PG-13 was around when it came out. I remember my mom taking me to see it in the theater, and I was expecting something totally different, but still loved the crap out of it. Uh, Michael Michael Douglas is like the perfect quasi anti action hero because he's kind of action hero at parts, but uh, he's not entirely. But he's not like incompetent. No one's like comically incompetent except maybe David DeVito, uh, who's just in there for comedy. Which is funny because I mean, David DeVito we all remember is a big big deal, but he was not apparently a big deal movie wise when this came out because. He's not even third bill, I don't even think. When did they when was it made? It was it was an eighties uh, movie, right? I was it say right after So One. shortly after Taxi finished? Yes. And and much like eighty four. Well, there you go. Yeah, eighty four, there you go. And it is super fun. I cannot suggest enough. I enjoy the crap out of it. I haven't seen that one in a long time either, and I I am so I saw that it was on Amazon, and I'm I'm right there with you. And like I have to see this, I have to watch this in Jewel of the Nile. Yep, I, I was worried it wasn't going to hold up, but it holds up pretty well. I mean, it's it's one of the things you go into understanding it's a period piece, you know, because it, but it's nothing really there. I mean, sure there are problems that would have solved with cell phones pretty easily, but that's modern technology. You sort of got to understand where they were at that point, and it was. Really, really enjoyable. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I don't even know. I mean, God, that, I'm gonna give it a zero. <laughs> there are faults in it, but there aren't really any faults that you would really point out. I mean, like, sure, yeah. I mean, there are faults, but they're, you know, probably a product of the budget and the uh, the time it came out. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Really it's it's enjoyable as crap, and I will definitely be watching the Jewel of the Nile for next week. Uh, which I will say I remember being not as good, yeah. a bit more action-y, but uh, I also remember enjoying the crap out of it. It was heavy rotation. Those were both heavy rotation and cable when I was growing up, and we watched the crap out of both of them. Uh, directed by uh, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, and then uh, I know Danny Vito gets a much bigger role in the second one. Yep. Um, I did also think, uh, since I thought of what I was watching, I was very interested in that they didn't necessarily just show Columbia as totally backwater. They showed it as, like, city and then backwater. And, you know, it didn't really dumb it down. It's, it just you know what's something funny? Laugh, but not everything. My sister, when she was living in Costa Rica, took pictures <laughs> of her bus ride from the city to where she was living in the mountains. And 
it looked just like that bus ride in Romancing the Stone. <laughs> well, I'm tell you, you learn a lot of things in this movie. Like, always wear, uh, wear um, sensible shoes when you go traveling. Sensible shoes. Or they won't be made sensible. There you go. So there you go. I'm going to give it zero. I don't think you feel bad giving it zero. It's super fun. I would watch it again. It may not be a, you know, watch it a ton in a row, but you, I guess you watching it every every year easily, every once in a while. I would introduce it to a couple of my friends. I think they would enjoy it. Gonzo? Um, I actually watched something, and I had said something to Kathy about it because um, it popped up, and of course playing um, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it reminded me to watch this one TV show because, uh, of course, this is uh, uh, a Norwegian TV show called Ragnarok. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, see what this is about. Of course, I have it dubbed, so it makes it a whole lot easier for me. Um, so, uh, one, I'm going to say this show is gorgeous because it's filmed in Norway in, like, one of the coolest stereotype Norwegian towns in the world. It's in between two mountains and there's a ton of snow and it's just a beautiful, beautiful um, scenery um, done outside and everything. Um, the story is <laughs> that it, it is. It is very inaccurate. That's the one thing I said. It is very inaccurate to Norse mythology. Says Arathu. Uh, Arathu says that in the chat. He would know because that's where he lives. Correct. It it is it is completely. <laughs> but I mean, and that's and and I went in going. This is not you know whatever. Um, but pretty much what it is is, um, the gods are gone and, um, they're coming back, and like, one of the kids gets the power of Thor. I mean, it's in the trailer. You see, it, it's not a big thing. Uh, this is not a spoiler. Um, it's interesting to see the show in the fact that watching, um, the way they do school, because it is a high school show, it doesn't have a lot of the, it doesn't do a lot of the CW drama relationship stuff. It does concentrate more on the mythical themes of what's going on. Um, but I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. I, it's, it's already got renewed for a second season. Um, so I'm kind of happy with it. I may watch it uh, subtitled next time so I can kind of, you know, see that because I'm sure the voices sound completely different um, or whatever. Uh, but I'm liking where it's going. It's not completely over the top, but it's just enough that people are like, oh, OK, this person. Yeah, this person is going to. Uh, yeah, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to spoil it for Kathy. Um, but it was fun. There is a theme behind it all. Um, and it's an interesting theme. It's relevant for today. Um, but I enjoyed it for, you know, I, foreign films or foreign type things. Um, I, I, it takes a lot for me to get into, but I was definitely into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. At, at least being prepared for the horribly inaccurate Norse mythology will make it easier for me to let that go so that I can enjoy the other parts of it, like the scenery yeah. and the language and the people, which is, I mean, that's what I like about 
movies that are, you know, international movies. Yeah. If, if you can, I have a friend who can't watch the mummy because of how much they screwed up the mythology, Egyptian mythology, or Egyptian <laughs> history. And he's just like, I'm out. I'm like, all right. I mean, fair. It's a fun movie, but okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, 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 you can tell it's not a great budget. You can tell that they, you know, that they're they're working on what, what they got, but they did a good job with it. I give it maybe one space herpy. That's where I'd go with it because uh, it does go off a little bit every so often. But overall, it was a really good um, TV show. It's pretty short, too. There's not many episodes, so you can have a good time with it. Um, if you got, you know, if you got something else you want to watch, fine. But uh, check it out. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's kind of fun. Oh. And that's uh, really the end of like our podcast, podcast yeah. here tonight. Yeah, I had one more, the but end I got of our up media on. section. Uh, of course, you don't work out. So you watch so much stuff. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, do something with your life, man. You Got to do something with my life. <laughs> watch TV, paint miniatures, uh, create miniatures. What else do I do? Play video games. <laughs> Oh, it's because unlike me, you can actually do some of that while doing other stuff. Yeah. I watch something, just watch it. Yep. If I pick up my phone, that movie's not that interesting. Yes, sir. I cannot wait for Cyberpunk 2077 on Friday or Thursday night. As it's like it's delayed again. Uh, it's not delayed again. It's actually, there's physical copies. That, that would That's be like, so hilarious. <laughs> no, no, it would be like riding in the streets. <laughs> I don't know about that. The demographic people who are going to play Cyberpunk 2077 and would be super duper upset enough to riot if it got delayed again is a very small amount. So thank you, everyone. Yeah. Sorry, something <laughs> came through. Hang it out with us. After you got uh, sent here. Yeah, I am actually going to send everybody to Epic Duck Studios. And uh, he's actually painting some uh, wolf riding gobos. I was watching his channel just for a bit to see what was going on. Oh. Um, I do like some wolf riding gobos. <laughs> it looks like it. Um, guys, we appreciate like you for coming out. We appreciate you listening, watching. You can, of course, find us on every streaming device if you want to listen to back episodes. Uh, pretty soon we'll have another uh, thing come out uh, where myself... Um, uh, couple of other listeners and people captain mizzy is actually on this uh where we're uh, doing a role-playing game but we're saving some videos up uh so guys please take care of yourself please watch out for everybody please 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 wear a mask from with the dice i'm gonzo i'm john and i'm kathy and you can find me streaming my miniature painting every week tuesday through friday right here can't find John anywhere. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we got an epic